Welcome, salutations, to another episode of Wrestling with Worldwide Willis. And this particular podcast you're listening to right now is presented by the League of Melanated Gentlemen Podcast Network. My name is Brandon, also known as Worldwide. Now, why that is my nickname, I couldn't tell you, but it's been with me for a decade plus now. So we're rolling with it. And we added as the name of the podcast. We're, it's official. So today we're going to touch on a few different things wrestling-wise, current, but mainly we're going to dig into the nostalgia today. We're going to really dig in and have a good time. And I'm thankful today to have my first guest. I'm honored to have the man, the myth, the legend, Spencer. Welcome. Uh, the honor is mine, dear sir. Uh, what an honor and a privilege to be the first guest on this podcast. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I think it should be a good time. Absolutely. And I mean, me and you have just talked wrestling numerous times. Always have a good laugh when we do. So I was like, why not record this, right? It only makes sense. I think that was the move. And I, again, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, folks, just to get a rundown of the episode, we're going to, again, do our matches of the week. Uh, I'll talk about three matches that I saw this past week uh, and talk about those. We're going to do some top fives. We're going to do the top five spears. And then we'll hit some questions and then we'll do finish out with top five finishers off the top rope. Um, so um, first, though, I want to dig into Spencer. What is your relationship with pro wrestling? Like, what is your background? How far was the time period? Give me give me it all. OK, OK. All right. So I discovered wrestling on accident um, mm-hmm. as as a as a youth. So. I remember when I first got a TV in my bedroom. Mm. Um, there was one Monday, yeah, there was one Monday evening. I was just surfing the channels because I could. Mm-hmm. I got channels now. <laughs> and uh I came across what I think at the time was TNN. Yeah, um, okay. I think it was TNN at the time. Whatever channel Raw was on at the time, because it's been it was Spike TV at one Yeah, I was gonna say Spike. Day. But yeah, like I think back in the TNN days, um, yeah, I came across um, WWF, and I just was like, "Oh yeah, whatever this is, I I love what's <laughs> happening right now." Right. Um, I did not know about the Monday Night Wars. I think that by the time I realized what was happening, um, it had already. Well, it hadn't it hadn't necessarily fizzled out, but I I only I found wrestling on accident, so I didn't know there was another option. So gotcha, like, gotcha, I just yeah. I found uh, WWF. I found the channel it's on. I found the day of the week, and I was like, "This is what we're doing." Yeah. Um, and then whenever SmackDown came to UPN, uh, I was already on UPN. So yeah, black for every black person was. Yeah, Makes that sense. worked out. Yeah. So because uh, yeah, I remember wrestling, and then after wrestling, I think I Love Lucy came on. Have so, bro, don't even get me started, <laughs> man. What you mean? I watch every episode. Whoa. Yeah, like I'm pretty familiar. Like, my familiarity with I Love Lucy is not because of Nick at Night, but because of UPN. Exactly. Exactly. So, and one of the things that I always thought was interesting was both me and my sister liked wrestling, but we didn't like it together. So, <laughs> 
we were both watching wrestling in our own separate rooms because That's hilarious because as a child i just had a child brain and i was like girls aren't into this and yeah. she thought he's too young to be watching this right so because i was four or five when i found gotcha. it yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I should. It was attitude error. I should not have been oh, yeah, yeah, consuming no this. Yeah, yeah, no business. <laughs> but it was so good. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I loved it. So I loved wrestling, and then I, you know, got my Nintendo sixty four. Whenever I'd go to my cousin's house, he had wrestling. Um, he had WrestleMania two thousand. I remember playing that Warzone game, uh, mm -hmm. and. I discovered WCW through Revenge. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Um, so I, I never knew when WCW came on, but mm -hmm. I knew who, like, I, I was like, Sting, I like that guy. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, and so it was weird because at one point, Revenge was almost my, like, whenever Revenge and WrestleMania 2000 were, like, at the same time, I think yeah. that... Revenge was my main game because that was the like button pattern I preferred. Gosh, gosh. And then and then No Mercy came out and I was like, okay, this is this is yeah. where we need to be. Okay. No Mercy was a step ahead. I ain't gonna lie. Oh, yeah. I'm a big revenge person, but No Mercy took it to another level. Yeah, No Mercy was too much. Uh, it was yeah. so good. No Mercy is again. I spent hours creating the perfect man in mm -hmm. that game. It was the first time that I vividly remember. Like I must build. A flawless. <laughs> he's he's got to be the perfect man, right. and uh, that's what we're doing. Because I never yeah. made myself. I always made right. like a even in two K. Like I never made myself. I would always give them a name, and then you know, gotcha. uh, that's dope. yeah. Uh, but because I'm, I mean, but it's funny because the first time I made a guy, I made him about my size. He was mm. he was a little bigger than me, but like. He ended up being about what I am, because right. um, <laughs> I'm six three two fifteen. You, the first guy that I made, I think I made him six four two fifty. That's a good size. Six yeah. three two fifteen is a good re good wrestling size. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you know, but uh, so yeah, I loved wrestling, and then I realized that I was like, oh yeah, we're we're doing this. We're in here, um, yeah. and. I then found friends in middle school who, well, actually in elementary school, uh, my boy Kyle was very deep into wrestling mm -hmm. and, you know, the exploitation of the divas helped because right. um, <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. I mean, it was, yeah. that's what it was. Absolutely. Like, it was. Absolutely. Uh, now to think that they were even called divas and not women is wild. <laughs> it's wild. They had bra and panties matches. Bro, I saw a clip the other day. With Stacy, uh, Stacy Keebler, Stacy Keebler against Trish Stratus, bro. I would have ruined a, my life for both of them. <laughs> it was a championship match, and bro, it had nothing to do with wrestling. Like, they, like you wouldn't think that was a championship match. It was literally taking girls' shirts off, trying to get her exposure, bra. It was just crazy. I was like, what are we? Like, what? This was allowed during this time. Yeah, this is this is what we this is what we had because yeah. I there were so many words I learned. Oh my god! Uh, words that are just disrespectful to women, like all exactly. those words, I bro, know because of wrestling. Bro, Jerry the King Lawler would be canceled immediately. Absolutely. He's but, I called them puppies for a while. Yeah, because exactly. Of him. exactly. Like 
half of the stuff that went on that was grotesque and wild, he promoted or commented on or said oh, yeah, he crazy. was he was behind it. Yeah. Uh, he yeah was and wild. that's yeah, it was a it was a time to be alive. But what uh what time period? So you started around what so time let's you let's call it ninety-six. Okay, okay. Um and I was I was heavy in until about two thousand eight. Got it. Okay. That was good um, context. Yeah. And so I have a pretty good memory of ev- all the stuff that took place really between like 99 mm-hmm. and 2008. Cause like yeah. 96 to 99, I remember iffy. like yeah. I have, I have, I have flashes and clips, but I, I haven't committed a lot of it to memory. Like I have 99 to 2008, like those, I remember a lot of what I saw happen in real time then. Right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I was heavy in. I played like every wrestling game the PlayStation 2 made. Yep. Yep. Um, even the ones that the GameCube and the Xbox had, because I remember yeah. like all the SmackDown games were on the PlayStation 2. GameCube mm-hmm. had Day of Reckoning 1 and 2, which were actually pretty good. For real. Yeah. And then the OG Xbox had Raw, which was not good. That's right. I forgot about that. Because I, I remember playing, like, I don't know if it was WWF sponsored, but it was, like, some, like, old school wrestling games that would just have was old it school guys Legends of it. Wrestling? I think it was that one, and I played see, that and, one. See, and I didn't like Legends of Wrestling because it didn't have who I wanted in it. No, it always had, it was just Hulk Hogan. It was Hulk Hogan and, then, and, like, Andre the Giant, maybe. Yeah, it was just, like, 80s, strictly 80s guys. Yeah, and I was like, where, because my people weren't Legends yet. Exactly. Yeah, so, like, facts. where, where am I? Yeah, where's the rock? Where's yeah, where, where are my guys? Because they're not right. in this game. So, yeah, I, I did not care for that game at all. Yeah. No, I feel you on that. No, it's funny because, like, for those that don't know, during the pandemic, me and Spencer, we worked together, and literally, he come over to my house and we watch old Royal Rumbles, like just just throughout the day, just watch old Royal Rumbles, and it was a, a good ass time. It was great. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, Spencer, lover pro wrestling. Uh, so, yeah, honestly, surprising me sometimes. He'll be like, I'll bring up something newer. He'll be like, Oh yeah, I kind of know a little bit about that. I'll be like, how the hell? Yeah, like, how do you I know what that was? A little, a little dabble here and there. Yeah. Um, I yeah. know the, I know the big stuff. So, like the people who are like the faces and the billboards and the people who are up front, those are the people I know. So. Gotcha. You know, I know who Seth Rollins is. I know who right. Roman Reigns and the the Usos, and I know, like, uh, I know who Bianca Belair is. Like, right. the, the the people who are pushed, I yeah. usually have a pretty good idea of who they are. But honestly, a lot of what I know now comes from you because yeah. I have not been keeping up. Like, I didn't know AEW was a thing at all. Yeah. Um, I remember when TNA was a thing. Is it still right. a thing? It's uh, no, it's not. There's still impact. Okay. And there's, yeah, still impact. Uh, still New Japan. There's still, uh, I'm trying to think of others that you may know that are around that time. But yeah, TNA, no, I'm TNA. Okay. Cause yeah, I remember TNA was like trying to be a direct competition and it just yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Well, it was, wasn't it, I think it, was it on Spike? I want to say the channels. I want to say it was 40s. on Sci Fi Network. You might be right. I know it was in the 40s. Yeah. Like yeah Sci Fi yeah, Network. Right. Uh, yeah, I think Channel 49. Don't yeah. quote that, but that's that feels right. Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, they, um, they went down a little bit. They they started 
going wild and hiring a bunch of old WCW dudes and went down in the tank. But uh, but yeah, okay, That's what happens? Yeah, you definitely. Gotta, whatever. You got to get people to draw in the crowd that wants to see that. Exactly. So exactly, exactly. So okay. So all right. Now we're gonna touch on matches of the week, and uh, this would be a good good thing for you, Spencer. You can touch upon some newer people. So uh, we have three matches of the week. First match of the week is a AEW match. It was actually a street fight. It was between Roderick Strong, the Messiah of the Backbreaker. Outstanding name. Messiah of the Backbreaker. I actually love Roderick Strong. I love Roderick Strong. Like Roderick Strong is one of those dudes where like, I love a person whose gimmick is like, I do this thing at an elite level better than anybody. And Roderick Strong, pretty much most of his moves are related to hurting your back. So hit you with some backbreakers. He'll hit you with some some different variations variations of stuff to hurt your back. Uh, I think his finishing move is low key like the walls of Jericho, but he calls it I forgot stronghold or something like that. I can't remember. But, say, uh, him him being him having Messiah in his name and having the walls of Jericho makes sense. Yeah, exactly. The funny thing is, in this match, it was Roger Strong versus Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah, Chris Jericho is one of mine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know him very well. So, Roger like, Strong I, versus I remember, Chris Jericho. Uh, sidebar. Um, I remember Chris Jericho being the first winner of the Undisputed Championship. Yep, both the titles, yep. And I remember being mad about it. Yeah, because he beat The Rock and uh, Stone Cold. He beat yep. everybody. Like, I, weren't there six of them? One I want to say it was a bigger match. I want to say. I want to say yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah, I was pissed. I was like, who the fuck? Yeah. Who let Chris? Who let this stuff? Because I love Chris was, Jericho. I same. loved Chris Jericho, but he wasn't at the highest tier for me. Right, right. He was at, he was at that second tier. Yeah. And so I was confused because I was like, he's not a top. What, what are we doing? Yeah. And he was an asshole at that time. Like he wasn't even like good guy. Yeah. yeah. He was like straight up, just straight up asshole. So like, yeah, him winning over Stone Cold and Rock and all those other guys, it was it was a big deal. I was not um, happy about it. Yeah, but, one of the um, first undisputed guys. And now I'm good. But at the yeah. time, oh no, it was the time it was they, a big deal. Yeah, the game that they were playing, they they yeah. got me. <laughs> they definitely, yeah. If you don't know, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Because um, I don't I don't know if I one hundred percent knew that everything was like predetermined yet. I didn't quite know to that level. I knew a little bit because you know, the more you watch, you can see like, okay. Or he ran in and he was waiting for the him to run it. You know what I'm saying? You were yeah, you could see little stuff, but you didn't know Cause, like because okay, there were a lot everything. of times, yeah, there were a lot of times I'd be watching and I'd be like, why would you do that? Like you're right, exactly. But yeah, so it, it eventually got there, but I think that when that happened, I was young enough to think it was like boxing and like yeah. somebody like whoever wins wins. No, facts. Like at that time, I thought it was just an upset. Like I was just like, what the hell? Like, you know, when you're when the lower team beats the bigger team, yeah. like, what the hell is going on? You know, because yeah, uh, I was I was kind of like uh, rock stone cold. How y'all let this? I was mad at them, too. Like, what, yeah, facts. Like, what y'all doing? Yeah. Like, come on, handle your business. But uh, but yeah, Roger Stone versus Chris Jericho in a street fight. It was really good because it was it was different than your usual. Usually street fights they go in the crowd, punch a couple times. Nobody really gets any moves in. You know, it's kind of just random objects. This one, they were using objects that were kind of funny. Like, they were throwing stuff into each other's face. Uh, Roger Strong did a uh, kind of like a backbreaker on a counter. Like, it was really good. 
And Chris Jericho has been having this whole rivalry with Adam Cole, starting to have a, a rivalry with Adam Cole. And so Adam, Chris Jericho got Adam Cole uh, barred from the arena. So he couldn't step foot in the arena. If he did, he got suspended. And so Chris Jericho's thinking, okay, cool. I got him out the arena. Roger Strong and Adam Cole are boys. They go back way back to NXT days, like six years ago. And so he's like, Chris Jericho's like, all right, cool. Roger Strong, I'm going to beat him up. He ain't going to have no help. I got help in the arena. Uh, I got the Jericho Appreciation Society, which is a whole faction of little young guys who look up to Chris Jericho. It's pretty funny, actually. But, uh, yeah, they go at it, and then they end up going outside. And I guess Chris Jericho just forgot that the, the stipulations. And so as soon as he stepped outside, Adam Cole was on his ass. Like, <laughs> beat him up, help Roger Strong win. Uh, it was a really fun match, though. It was definitely different than your normal street fight match. Usually street fight matches are kind of pointless. But in this case, it was really good. I suggest you go watch it. I think it's on – I watched it on YouTube. It was really good. Um, our second uh, match of the week is the Interca- Inter- Intercontinental Battle Royal. Um, it would happen this past week, I believe. And so the ring general, Gunta, was basically, he needs a number one contender, right? They're going to face this son, this uh, upcoming weekend, I think May 24th or 27th at uh, Saudi Arabia Night of Champions, and he needs someone to face. So this battle royal was basically to see who's the number one contender. And Mustafa Ali ends up winning. It was a really good battle royal. You know, as we've seen, some battle royals are not always good. Like, some of them are straight trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are like, all right, like, nobody got any moments. The cool thing about this battle royal is people actually had good moments. They look good. Even if they got eliminated, some of the newer people, because they just had a WWE draft. So it was a lot of, like, people being called up from NXT, and they had really good moments. So even if they got eliminated, you were like, hmm, okay, you got eliminated, but I want to see him again. You know what I'm saying? I want to see him down the line. So Mustafa Ali ends up winning. I thought Brunson Reed looked really good. I thought uh, Ricochet looked good. A few different people. I wish Shelton Benjamin would have got a little bit more of a moment, but it's fine. Um, I think later down the line, I want to see Shelton Benjamin uh, challenge Gunther. He ain't going to win. But I think the crowd would get into it because we all want to see – Shelton Benjamin to get one match, one last chance. You know what I mean? So that was a really good match. Lastly, we got the Usos versus the LWO. Spencer, the LWO is Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. And so they basically re-upped the LWO. And so it's a pretty cool tag team. Uh, I love Santos Escobar. Um, not a huge Rey fan. Hot take. Not a huge Rey Mysterio guy, but it's fine. He's like the Spider-Man of wrestling to me. Okay. Uh, so, so it's not going to make sense for those who listen to our other podcast. Um, but really good match. The Usos. The crazy thing about the Usos is I don't love their wrestling style, but they never have a bad match. Like they ne- like they don't do a bunch. They're literally their finishers, the 3D. They call it the 1D. And they do the little splash off the top, right? And, it, and like 90,000 super kicks. But, like, I, for some reason or another, their matches are always good. Like, I usually prefer more of a technical, more of a stylistic style, but their matches are never bad. Um, so, I love the Usos. They lose to the LWO in this match. Uh, Sami Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens come out and help LWO get a win. So, really fun match, though. So, those are our three matches of the week. Uh, if, the Usos, 
if the Usos weren't entertaining, that would be a problem. No, it really would be. And that's the t- that's the crazy thing. I think when they first came out, you know, they were like cool paying homage to their to their heritage and had face paint and all this stuff. And I think once they got more like into themselves, like they're very like culture, very hip hop based, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, whenever I see them, I'm like, those are just some niggas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every I mean, time I exactly, see them. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, bro. And to be honest, like. Uh, they whole family, bro. You should see some of their cousins, some of their brothers. Though them, them some niggas. The way they talk, <laughs> they're some niggas for real. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, it's just, it's yeah, it's, just big ass Samoan ass. Exactly, niggas. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, but I, for some reason or another, bro, the last, I mean, they they might be one the greatest tag team ever. I can't even like what people used to say, and I was like, hell no. But now I'm like, shit, these dudes don't. It don't matter who they go against. The one is Summer, SummerSlam. They had a classic match with the Street Profits. Then they had probably the greatest tag team match I've ever seen at WrestleMania with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. It's just week to week, like every event, them two just put on a classic. It's crazy. And I think they're one of those tag teams that like lays out the match to make it to where everybody eats and make sure everybody looks good. So um, and, that was really fun. And again, like they just based on their family lineage like they right. don't have a choice like they exactly. if they were even just all right they would like their their standard of excellence i think is really high exactly. just based on who they are absolutely yeah the family is just the lineage is too crazy they you know the wild samoans the you know rikishi they just have way too much lineage in this thing to where if yeah if they were average they wouldn't be able to come back home you know what i'm yeah. saying like they'd be shamed so uh yeah, Usos versus LWO is really fun. But now we're going to get into so our uh, top five. Real quick. Um, yeah. Where did those other two matches happen? Because you said that the first one was an AEW match. But oh, gosh. Gotcha. Are, are we talking Raw, SmackDown? So uh, the Intercontinental title battle royal for the number one contender, that happened on Raw. And then the Usos versus LWO happened on SmackDown. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that's a good point. Both of those WWE, the first one, Roger Strong versus Chris Jericho on AEW. Um, for all those people who love AEW, I like AEW more of a WWE guy, but AEW is really good too. I give him, give him a mean, shout out. WWE's got a, a long head start. Like yeah, are, no, it does. It does. Like it's it's really hard to match up to and what they've spent years building. Right, and I think. A, the weird thing about AEW was climbing. AEW was close, bro. They was they weren't going to compete like money wise or anything like that or like viewers, but like quality of the show, they was they was getting up there. And then Triple H, well, really even before that, even when Vince was like on his downturn, the whole Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn thing started, and then shot WWE back back up. Like they had like quality stuff going on, and then Triple H took over. So then everybody else started doing well. So it's AW is good, but it, you just can't compete right now. WWE has the the money and the actual the quality, so it's kind of hard to compare. Um, but okay, top five spears of all time. Me and Spencer both have our top five. We'll go one by one, five, five, four, four, so on and so on. Spencer, would you like to go first? Uh, I can. Um, okay. So we're talking spears for number five. I have Charlotte Flair. Oh, okay. 
So shout out to you I, for knowing some <laughs> recent people. Shout out to you. <laughs> well, I mean, and when I found out that when I heard Flair, I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to see what she's talking about. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, uh, Ric Flair. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. In in goat conversations all over the place. So Absolutely. I was like, and I've I mean, The Rock was the first time I had seen like a generational person. And mm-hmm. so he's kind of the standard for me as far as gotcha. like you're coming in behind a parent or because right. I didn't know Goldust was until like way later. Yeah, um, true. Be like, I remember like The Rock was my first one, and then that I was aware of, Randy Orton was my next one. Right, right. So I was like, okay, if if we're if we're doing this generationally, I yeah. I have a standard that you have <laughs> right. to. Great. And so whenever I heard about Charlotte Flair, I was like, okay, that's different because I I don't know if a daughter had been like, yeah. And so I was like, we got to see what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you know, I was keeping up with her for a little bit. You know, nothing too yeah. serious. Right. Um, yeah, I watched a couple matches and. Her spear was kind of nice. Yeah, it's nice, bro. And she she added some flair to the end of it, and yeah. that's what I that's what I like about it. Um, yeah. And so you see some flair. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like how you did that. I like what you uh, did there. Uh. So yeah, I um uh, when I saw it, I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay, Charlotte yeah. Flair. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was um. It's uh if you haven't seen Charlotte Flair spear, it's uh it's a pretty good one. Now there are a thousand people who have used the spear, and that's why Absolutely. we're talking about this because I right. randomly messaged Brandon because I listened to the first episode and he did a top five and said I will have a top five every time, and I was like I want to hear your spears because I know where mine are. Right, right, right. I want to hear what Brandon's got to say, yeah. and uh, now we're here talking yes, about sir. it. <laughs> yes, sir. I I will say. Charlotte's a really good pick. That's a really good. I'm kind of mad I forgot about because Charlotte's like big athletic girl and she be coming downhill and she be smacking them like she she cuts them in half. Exactly. It's it's an actual spear. Yeah. Like that whole like broke them in half thing. Yeah. Like Charlotte. Charlotte. uh, She she hits them with it because, yeah, you know, with again, my memory of divas in wrestling. Right. And then coming in, seeing Charlotte Flair just yeah breaking people in half, <laughs> yeah, like oh, oh, oh. yeah, oh, they, that's they a big jump now. Yeah, no, they they legit. That's why I love it because like women's wrestling is on a different, totally different tier. And I saw someone posting in our um, our Facebook group. Shout out to them about like the top women's wrestlers of all time, and it had Trish Stratus and it had uh, somebody else number two, kind of more yep. old school. Fabulous Moolah was two. Fabulous Mulawa too, which I appreciate legacy wise. She did a lot for the business, um, but it was just like if you can't, if you don't have Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, like top four, top five, you're really not considering actually wrestling. You're considering just like name, because like that that was just a different back then. It was like, oh, she could throw a really good punch. Oh, okay, all right, she's nice. Where now it's like you got to put a five star classic. Yeah, because back then, like we, for me, uh, as far as women wrestlers, there was a big three. China was like strong enough and big enough to go up with men. Exactly. If she wanted China to. China was great. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Trish Stratus had the little uh, bulldog off the rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Look at yeah, you. Yeah, a little coordination. Okay, I see you. Yeah. And then Lita was doing moonsaults because she exactly. was with the Hardy Boys. Exactly. And so like that was that that was the standard like everybody else was literally just eye candy right and honestly exactly. 
Trish Stratus was too. I feel like Lita was able to escape a lot of it. Yeah, Lita was like, damn, you fine and you can do this? Okay. Respect. Yeah, like, yeah, like Lita, Lita was like, you know how uh, the internet jokes about like people being into the goth girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Lita had that market. She definitely did. Definitely did. Um, but yeah, uh, and 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 that that was one of the things I vividly remember was uh, and that's one of the things that made me wonder if wrestling was uh, staged or not because Lita cheating on Matt Hardy with Edge actually happened. Yeah, yeah, facts, and they facts. they folded that into the story. Yeah, they did, and so that's why I was like, "Is this? Yeah, because when I saw that, like, no, that was genuine." And mm-hmm. legit, I was like, "There's no way Matt Hardy would have agreed to exactly let this let be. his woman just get yeah no. yeah like there's no way." So that's when I was like, "I think this might act- there may be some actual like, yeah." Well, um, they do it. They do a good job of like getting a real story and then finding a way to weave it into. But then whenever they did the whole Vince McMahon is Hornswoggle's father, I was like, "No, uh, see, yeah, that was a, a, oh, thank God I kind of tapped out and during that era because I was like, absolutely not. That's when it yeah. was just like, this is silly. Yeah, that, that's um, when I was like, okay, what what are we doing? Yeah, exactly. Like, what are y'all, we doing? Y'all y'all are trying to make me believe that. Or whenever Shelton Benjamin's uh, mother was uh, on the side of the ring, and I was like, I've seen her and stuff. She's an actress. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. What are we doing? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not they a real mom. <laughs> they put no effort in the half of the storyline during that period. But but uh yeah, Charlotte Flair, outstanding pick. Outstanding pick. Um kind of kind of upset. I didn't think about that one, to be honest. Um okay, my number five is a guy you may have heard of, I don't know. Uh Johnny Gargano. Okay. Johnny his aka Johnny Wrestling. His spear is really cool because it's from so, like, you know, on the outside when you're on the ro- on the ropes, kind of like if you're a tagging partner and you're on the outside waiting to get tagged in, mm-hmm. like you're on the ropes. And so someone runs at him, and then he jumps through the ropes and spears him. So it's really... A, I've a seen cool that happen. Look. Okay, yeah, so I, yeah, yeah. I, I know who that guy is then, because I, I have seen that spear happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was different, because I hadn't seen a ton of people do that. And so it's really cool, like, because his finisher is also where he, he stands, he's, he's on the outside, he jumps... Get somebody in DDT and hits them with that. So sometimes you're expecting that, and then they'll hit them, hit them with the spear. And uh, it's cool little ways the way they interact with, or they have somebody running at them, or he'll catch them out of nowhere. So Johnny, and he's a, Johnny Argano is a small guy, so his spears look a little different than just a big dude just running real fast and you know tearing a dude in half. So looks pretty good. Uh, it's not quite like as physical. It's more of a on the edge side of things. As far as spears go, we know we don't necessarily love edgy spear, but we can talk about that as well. But uh, yeah, but it is creative. I'll give him points for being creative. Brendan, what a segue. For number four, um, I do have edge. And the reason I have edge is because I am not a fan of edge's spear. And I will go on the record as saying edge has one of the weakest spears that I've seen. I don't don't know why he's doing it. Edge is number four because I absolutely have no choice but to give him the respect that he deserves because there are two very specific spears that are some of the best spears I've ever seen. Yeah. They were very theatrical. Like they mm-hmm. weren't, they weren't great because they were spears. They were great because of all the circumstances and situations. I know what you're talking about. Yes, sir. First one is Jeff Hardy hanging yep. uh, 20 feet in the air. 
Yep. Off the ladder. Yep. Yeah. Like wild. Yes. And a lot of that credit goes to Jeff Hardy as well. But at the end of the day, Edge executed. Yeah. And, absolutely. Um, and the way that, Ed, yeah, the way that Edge finished it out, like. Yeah. Like he hit it and then like rolled, came over, yeah, but then went like up slow. and then came back. Yeah. 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 That was good. It's one of the best. Was, it, it it might be the best spear. Like might I, be. Yeah, like, like I know the, the most memorable. Seen, yeah, like absolutely. It's, that one is etched into my yeah. memory forever. The second is a uh, Mick Foley through the flaming table. Mm-hmm. Um, because what the fuck were you doing? Yeah, yeah. Like you went you went head first into a table on fire. Yeah, like it's funny because I remember seeing a video. He he talked about that like years later. He was like. You know, I didn't really think about me going head first into fire until it actually was going down. <laughs> he was just like, I didn't, he was like, at least Mick, he kind of got to go like back first into it. But he's like, I have to go face first in this thing. And he was just talking about it. It was pretty funny. Yeah. But like, uh, I'm sure Edge had no eyebrows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. Like that, that whole fire thing, that was a whole period of during that time where like fire was in everything. Mm-hmm. But, no, definitely respect, especially like hitting somebody on the outside into a table. That's tough to do. That's yeah. a lot of circumstance on fire. Yeah, that's tough to do. And so Edge, his regular just in the ring, like, nah, that's not yeah. that's not why Edge is here. Right. Like, Out because again, Edge has one of the weakest. Yeah, just, it's a hug. Standard. Sp- yeah. Like, why are you even using this? <laughs> exactly. It was like. And then he'd like get ready for it in the in the corner and like really like, yeah. like really hyping it up like yeah. he's about and to be something. Runs and just hugs you and then takes you to the ground. It's just like no. Yeah, just kind of like gently lays you down for bed. <laughs> yeah, ushers you to the floor. It's like, uh, yeah, like okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that one, two, three. Okay. Yeah, All right. Okay. That's what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. I guess that would be to John Cena or somebody. Like, I guess. But yeah. uh so, yeah, no, that's that's, that's, that's why that's why Edge is here. Out of respect, I, I honestly understand. He's a Hall of Famer. I get it. Um for me, number four is the GOAT, Roman Reigns. Now okay. Roman Reigns' spear used to be edge level. I remember that. Yeah, I hate it when he was the Roman old Roman Reigns, it was very edge level. It was very like a hug. Because oh. I feel like, and and this may not be true, but I feel like there was like a full sleeve of yeah. Roman Reigns, and then there was a pre full sleeve. Yeah, it was a basically oh. the difference is like the 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 top Roman Reigns, the Roman Reigns that got the little like police like vest on, yeah, like shoulder into the chest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to where because when he had that vest on, you couldn't see like all the other stuff. But then when he became tribal chief, he took that off, and then then he started smacking dudes, and that's what I like. Yeah, because um, I, I I remember both, and there was some time between them. So yeah. I remember he was doing edge spears, and then later I saw him. I was like, oh, he's hitting people now. Yeah, and I think it may be honestly, this may be strictly due to the difference. Maybe just being a babyface and being a heel. When you're a babyface. It's kind of easy to see the spear coming. Like he has to set it up. He has to do his little thing in the corner, and then he hits him. Or you, he, the villain throws him against the ropes, and you're like, "All right, well, we know the spear is coming." Whereas when he's a heel, like he's cheating. He got dudes running in, low blows, like, and then, or a lot of the great matches he's had is he's about to hit the spear. Somebody reverses it. 
then they put in their finisher and then you're like, oh shit, Roman might lose. And then he kicks out and then he gets the Usos to run in and do some shit. The dude fights fights off against him, turns around, Roman cuts him in half with the spear. And it just looks good. It looks 10 times better. The situations are better. The setup is better. So yeah, to me, the Roman Reigns, the heel, the tribal chief spear, 10 times better. 10 times better. So uh, like I said, former football player, so he knows how to hit a spear. But he's actually hitting dudes now, which I appreciate. Brandon, what a segue. For number three, I have Roman Reigns. <laughs> hey, let's go. Uh, and for the same reason, like, I think that I saw his early spears and I was mm-hmm. woefully unimpressed. Right. And then I came upon his later spears and I was like, oh, he's uh, he's fucking people up now. That's what I want from a spear. I want, to, I want to wonder if that man is going to vomit. <laughs> exactly. I want to be concerned. Yeah. For that man, because you know, a lot of wrestling, they will take care of you and they will make sure that you are not actually hurt. I want to believe exactly. that you are hurt. Yeah. I see yeah. a spear. Exactly. And Rick like, yeah, he went from like, you know, a gentle nudge to the ground to like his both his feet off the yeah, ground. Off the ground. Absolutely. That's what I need. Yeah. Like full, like <laughs> horizontal. Yeah, like, yeah, body parallel. Yeah, exactly. That's what I need. Like, that's what I need from. Like from I need spirit. you to, like I need you to Superman into someone. Exactly, exactly. Go through them. Yeah. So um, uh, I have Roman as number three because, and and I think it helped that he had weak ass spears and then, yeah, uh, changed to the spears he's doing now. Or yeah, at least yeah, he's yeah. been recently, uh, because there's quite a difference. Quite a difference, absolutely. I think maybe when he was a, a baby face, he was like being nice. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean, I don't want to hurt you, you know. You know, I'm a good guy. I don't want to hurt you. Where now he's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm the guy. I'm trying to hurt you. He's like, who are you going to complain to? Like, (laughs) you know, I'm that dude. Um, All right, number three. The gore. Rhino. Rhino used to. That was the first time. Well, I ain't going to say it's the first time. We'll touch upon who I saw the first time. But this was the time where I saw dudes, like, smacking. (laughs) He would spear like women through tables like he was doing wild stuff gores were for everyone and I, Paul Heyman made it so much better oh my god that really it should be Rhino slash Paul Heyman yeah like the combo get the credit for this yes absolutely because it was just gore you'd be like oh my god gore 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 yeah like in his little like stocky ass running running yeah. through somebody that's oh something like god. Rhino is what I feel like Wolverine would look like in exactly. real life. Exactly. Like I don't know exactly. how tall Rhino is, but Rhino didn't look very tall, I guess, compared to the wrestlers. But that he was stout, stout, bro, and moving. Like homie was moving, and so like when he hit dudes, dudes was out, and he didn't like he didn't hold up, he didn't hold off, he didn't no. hug you. Full force. I, yeah. I bet. I bet Rhino is under six foot, but probably. 350. Oh, yeah. And especially because it's funny because Rhino, you know, during the era we know, we're like when ECW was kind of transitioning into uh, WWF, like Rhino came back even later on and he was like a tag team champion and all this stuff. He's more comedy based and he was a little bigger that time because uh, he was older, but he was mm-hmm. still using the gore and it was still wild. I mean, that's that's his move because for most people, the spear is one of their moves, but not right. the move. For Rhino, though, was it. Like, that was the finisher. Absolutely. And for Rhino, everybody's feet are off the floor. 
Exactly. Exactly. He's taking your ass with him. Like, he's, yeah, there's remember, no separation. I remember when he gored somebody through the SmackDown wall. Oh, yeah. That was like when he first got introduced, too. Yeah, that was that was early Rhino. Or at least yeah. for me, it was early Rhino. Yeah, for WWF. Like, he uh, may viewers. have... Yeah, he may have been doing ECW stuff already. But yeah, like that yeah would, he was. For me, that was early Rhino. Because that was back yep. when SmackDown had that, uh, yep. that wall in the back. Yep. Absolutely. It says here he's 5'10", 326. Jesus. So, yeah. Yeah. He's that he's moving un- towards you. Yeah, like him him being under six foot. Yeah, like that that man is stout, stout, bro. Just a log running at you. Um, but what is your number two? Uh, number two is Rhino. Hey, <laughs> we right on we right on cue. Man. Yeah, we here. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, like we just said, the man was too. He was like you want to talk about cutting somebody in half. Like yes, Rhino's goal was. To yeah, like fold people. Yeah, and the f- he was again. He was the first dude I'd seen use it as a in an extreme style. Like a table would be set up, person would turn around, and he just speared the hell out of him right through the table, like, right through the table. Like no hold up, no like I'm a god you into this. No, it's just like no, I'm running course. through this table, and you just end up being in between us. So yeah, like why you need to move. Exactly. You don't want anything to do with this. Exactly. Yeah, Rhino, he was uh I mean, his name was Rhino. So right. like it fit perfectly. Yeah, like he he that's exactly what it needed to be. Yeah. And that's a uh, good point you made. Like other dudes were naming it's part of their move set, you know, they'll hit it every now and again. No, it was like the move for Rhino. Yeah, like you you get a spear and then you're getting one, two, three. Exactly. Because for a lot of people, uh yeah, you'll get a spear and then one to kick out or exactly you know something or that like the spirit didn't finish the match most of the time exactly. exactly it's not you know like a lot of people have multiple signatures spears two or three on the docket exactly uh, for, for rhino no nah, that's that's what it's gonna be exactly yeah like if you're on wwe 2k like if you you know hold the r and, and hit a you know i mean yeah you can hit him with a spear but then you're really gonna wait for that that finisher for real no but that that l1 with Rhino? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Like, don't, like let get Rhino, up, nigga. don't let Rhino get your ass up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, uh, get your ass up. Because and that's the thing. Rhino's like Edge's setup was uh great, but Rhino's setup was like you if you knew what was coming. Oh yeah. Rhino's like that, setup was like terrifying. That's what I'm like, saying. Like Edge's oh, was like get you hyped and then some weak ass spirit, but then Gore was like, okay, I know what's coming. This dude ain't gonna be the same after this. Yeah, and he would gore you anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, like, anywhere. Like yeah, like outside the ring, up uh, on the entrance in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, there were always yeah. tables involved. Like yeah, yeah, you can catch it anywhere, bro. During the interview. And, and, and again, rated E for everyone. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I I don't know if he hit May Young with one. But in my head, if you told me, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, like he again, he was folding everyone. Everyone. Paul Heyman is probably the only person who didn't get folded. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, Shout out to Rhino. Uh, Outstanding spear. My number two. This is the first man I'd ever seen do a spear. Well, I genuinely worried about the person who received the spear. And that is Goldberg. I that's my number two. I, I literally because I'm a WCW kid. 
And I remember when he first debuted, bro, he had the U.S. Uh, title. And the way he was spearing dudes, bro, I swear them dudes didn't see it coming. Like, it wasn't like a, oh, you're coming, I'm a fall back. It's like, no, I'm leaning over and you're taking me, my full body weight to the floor and, like, driving me to the ground. Uh, like, he would get a penalty in the days in NFL for the stuff he was doing. <laughs> Oh yeah, like he he was picking dudes up and drive like even uh, the giant Big Show doing the same thing to him. Yeah, so like yeah, outstanding and he he his was definitely like spear. Then he hit you with the jackhammer, but yeah, his spear when he got in that little position, he was the first dude that got in the like spear position in the corner, and I was like, oh shit, like, yeah, he he's getting like momentum. He actually, yeah, he looked like a DN right now. Yeah, great segue. Number one for me. Goldberg. Yay, let me go. Because for the same reason, Goldberg was the first person that I saw. Like, Goldberg was my standard for Spears. I was like, that's... Yeah, sure. That, that's what I want to see. Goldberg was fucking people up. Yes. And again, he's the reason that my standard was, I need to be worried about you when you right. get speared. Exactly. Because Goldberg, you, when he had momentum, they were really good, but he didn't always need momentum. Like, right. Sometimes he would just be standing and then hit yeah. you with it. Yeah. Like, and it didn't, your size didn't matter. Exactly. Goldberg exactly. speared you. Like he exactly. handled everyone the same with those spears. Right. And that's absurd. It looked like he just had a bad day and it's like, all right, I'm taking it out throughout this, through this spear. I'm going to release all this frustration. Yeah. And I, I genuinely felt bad for dude. It was some dudes like, little jobbers dude that weren't even that good and they were half his body weight and he was just destroyed i mean when he like, hit Dolph ziggler one oh my god yeah like he was hitting people like a truck yes like, again i was worried for these men's like physical health like yes you're, bro you're done for the week yes like, like you're, you're not you won't be the same yeah you're not doing two shows a week if you exactly. go goldberg right. um yeah and and then for him to get up and do his little jump thing and then put you in the jackhammer. Jackhammer, yeah. It yeah. Just, yeah, like that was cruel. Like they should have yeah. been like, hey, hey, you can't do the jackhammer. Like the spear is good enough. Yeah, Our like, guys they, can't take both. Yeah, if they get speared, it needs to be over. And yeah, Exactly. And I talked to you about this. The, um, the WCW mat, I think it was different than the yeah. WWF mat. Because when I watch WCW clips, like that mat has no give. You yes, are bro. just landing on the floor. Bro, I remember, and it's weird. It's funny. When you brought that up, it, it like, opened some up in me. Like, I remember it'd be times where, like, I could probably, you could, like, I could close my eyes. You could play two TVs and play a match on this side and a match on the other. And I could tell you which one is a WCW match and which was a WWE just off the sound of the mat. Because you could just hear in the WCW ring, you could hear, like, the, the wood moving like yeah. rattling and so yeah it definitely was no give it was even when they ran across you could just hear it and it yeah, was like, just bro. It, it was just like uh just two by fours just straight exactly. across. Just like it was just, just it was just wood and then they yeah. like wrapped a canvas on it <laughs> exactly because yeah, yeah. Like that, i yeah that, that that ring had no give and so go was spearing people on that it, it sounded like they hired somebody's uncle to come through Throw a couple slabs on there, you know, rope that thing up, <laughs> throw a little cloth on the top of that joint. Yeah. And be straight. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, because, right. yeah, like it was, uh, 
Yeah, like like you said, you can hear the difference in the mats because yes. I like I was watching a clip. Uh, matter of fact, I was watching Goldberg uh, jackhammer the Big Show, or I guess oh, the yeah. giant, the yeah. giant at that time, and the sound that it made when he hit, I was like, oh, yeah. that's not what I expected to hear, <laughs> right? And so it like it got me a little bit. I was like, that oh, he's yeah, he's bro. hurt. <laughs> it's like, it's a different. I don't know why, bro, but yeah, it's just built different, and you can hear it, man. It's funny, AEW, if you watch an AEW show, sounds a lot like WCW uh, as far as, like, the mat and everything, so it sounds exactly like it. Um, super random question. There are mm-hmm. some random clips I've seen where there's, it's a ring that either has six or eight sides, but it's it doesn't have four. Who uses a, a ring that's not four sides, but that's more? That was TNA. So TNA okay. did the six-sided rings. It's funny because that was like what made them. That's what kind of got the momentum. And then Hulk Hogan, when he got there, was like, "Ah, let's get rid of that six ring. We need to go, you know, the four sided ring like a classic." You know, they did it, and then people hated it. Uh, But yeah, people love the the six sided ring. I always was like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, what the hell is going on?" Look at Hulk Hogan coming in and ruining something. Yeah, per usual. Um, But my number one. Shout out to this guy, this king, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley has one of the best spears I've seen. And it's not necessarily the the physical, like, it's not the the physical level of Goldberg. Goldberg wins if you talk about, like, how hard it hurts, look like it hurts. But Bobby's just looks smooth, bro. He hits you, like, he hits the spear and he almost does, like, a front flip after it. Uh, It's kind of a cool little, uh, cool little added touch to it. And I don't like his finishing move is like the full Nelson technically. Well, okay, I'll say his finishing submission is the full Nelson. Um, but then like if he hits you, if he's trying to pin you, hit you with the spear, and it always looks really good. I, I actually he's been in a lot of like triple threat matches, and triple threat, you know, is nothing like truly predictable. Like there's not a bunch of like just set up and hit somebody with a move. You kind of got to just hit him with a move, and his would look really good as far as like. He'll just come out of nowhere, spear the hell out of somebody. Um, but yeah, y'all can look it up. His spear is really good. Like he'll hit you and it'll kind of hit a little front flip on the side. It looks pretty good. Um, but yeah, my number one is Bobby Lashley. And those are our top five spears. That was uh that was a good time. Good time. Like a lot of that list ran together. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of known ones, right? Um, all right, now we're Spencer, I'm gonna hit you with a few questions. Okay. And then uh, and then we'll hop into top five off the top rope moves. Okay. Who do you think is better? Eddie Guerrero or Kurt Angle? Uh, in what way? Like overall? In like overall. So wrestling, on the mic, everything. We're going to include, we're going to do like pretty much everything is involved. Just an entire, okay. Um, I... Don't so there are there are things I love I love about them both. Mm-hmm. Um I think that I like Eddie in the ring more. Okay. But I think I like Kurt Angle outside of the ring more. Mm, okay. Well, I see I see what you're saying. Because Kurt Angle is, you know, he's a good wrestler and his matches were really good, but Eddie was far more entertaining in the ring than Kurt Angle was to me. He was, yeah, he was. Definitely like Eddie, was. 
And Eddie could do everything. Like Eddie was, I don't know if Eddie was small or big or both. He was like, because I remember, because I remember WCW, he'd be like cruiserweight, and I'd be like, oh, he's bigger than all these other niggas. <laughs> like, that's what I yeah, like because I remember when he when he had the mullet, like yeah, they were calling him a cruiserweight, and I was like, I don't know if yeah he bro. qualifies. He's a light heavyweight Loki. Like, yeah, like he's he, and then uh, whenever he cut his hair, I was like, oh, he's big as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he he, he got bigger, and um, he did. But the fact that he was the the fact that he was able to do the three amigos was like I was like you can't be small and do that to anyone. Yeah, three straight suplexes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you you have to. Yeah. So, um, with that being the, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go. Kurt Angle. Mm, I okay. I absolutely love Eddie Guerrero, but. Whenever I think about in the ring and out of the ring, I feel like Kurt Angle is better out of the ring than I feel like Eddie Guerrero is better in the ring, if that makes sense. No, it definitely makes sense. And like peak peak levels. Yeah. Yeah. Like I and and again, I love Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero has one of my favorite storylines that ever happened. And that was with uh Dominic and yeah. Great Mysterio. Like right. I knew it wasn't real, but I like I still had feelings. You invested, yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Fuck this guy!" Like, <laughs> um, I will say the "I lie, I cheat, I steal" thing, which I'm yeah. I can guarantee was Vince's idea. Yeah, um, that was a problem for me even then. Mm, gotcha. I I didn't I didn't like that. Um, the fact that that and him being Mexican were tied together. Like I didn't if, like that either. If it had just been the line yeah. stealing thing and it had been unrelated to him being Mexican, cool. Like right. because whatever. But the fact that those two were tied together and that was a time when Vince was just going wild with race oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So like that was no fault of Eddie's. Right. But that was a problem for me even then. Yeah, and I I love the gimmick of like a cheater can get away with it, but I also agree they tied it way too much to his race rather than how smart he was. Yeah, you know what I'm when, saying? because when Ric Flair did it, it wasn't tied to anything. Oh yeah, it was all how smart he was a ring genius and all these things. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And so that that's yeah, and again, that's I don't hold that against Eddie necessarily. No, 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 no. yeah, it's just a sidebar of a thing that I didn't like. Um, the lowrider, I, I was like, okay, this is this is fine. <laughs> it's getting a little close. Yeah, yeah we're, we're 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 on the edge. a little on the nose. Yeah, yeah but uh, <laughs> I, okay, I don't yeah. hate it. I don't like right. it, but okay. I, I I respect it only because it seemed like he liked that part. I bet you if you ask Eddie now, like if he was with us still. He'd probably be like, yeah, the Mexican stuff was a little wild, but the lowrider, you know, paying homage to my you know my culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. But okay, so Kurt Angle, I'm probably with you there only because I think Kurt Angle unlocked something in Stone Cold to allow Stone Cold to be the funny, funny Stone Cold. Yeah. Uh, where we, Kurt, Angle, we you know, yeah, Kurt Angle did work for other people. And Kurt exactly. Angle, Kurt Angle was so funny. Yes. And the whole you suck thing. Yeah. Like it. Kurt Angle was surprised. Like, Kurt Angle should not have been that funny. And that's the thing. Like, we thought it was just all oh, this natural athlete 
okay, you suck. Okay, the America thing. Okay, whatever. But then when he, they gave him like the allowed him to do like the funny stuff with the milk and all this other hilarious. Yeah, he had was no hilarious. business being that funny. No business. No business and, being that good on the mic, being that charismatic. Like, yeah, no business. Yeah, the whole Shawn Michaels spoof. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what I'm the just fuck a are boy. we doing? Boy. <laughs> I'll make your yeah. ankle hurt. <laughs> <laughs> like what are we doing so yeah that's hilarious oh the milk truck was so funny so funny bro uh he actually brought that back for a, a raw anniversary i think it was and it was an appreciation for him and uh he brought it brought it out but uh the the tiny okay. cowboy hat oh my god bro that's what i'm saying Bro, if if you gave me just a full episode of SmackDown during that time with just him and Stone Cold going back and forth, I would have I would have been like sign me up. Yeah. Them two were gold. Like Stone Cold and The Rock, gold. But comedy wise, yeah, Kurt Angle Stone Cold was amazing. That's like Booker yeah. T Gold Dust type level of funny. Um yeah. okay. Who's better? I think I know the answer to this, but I want to want to see. For those that don't know, Spencer. It thinks that the Undertaker is the goat. Um, I want your. It's so funny. My goats are always not who they're supposed to be. The only goat <laughs> I have, or the only goats I have that are like yes, that like yeah. I have people that agree with me are probably LeBron yeah. and Tiger Woods. Yeah, those are those are for sure. Those but are for like sure. otherwise, like if you ask me what my favorite or what a goat is, it's probably not what it's supposed to be. Yeah, and uh, that's just how I am. No, I respect it. You've and you sold me that since day one. You stayed that way, so I appreciate it. But okay, so American badass taker, or I said dead man taker, but you know what I mean. More like ministry, uh, you know. My favorite, my favorite Undertaker is actually Dead Man Inc. Undertaker. And again, that is a wild take. That is wild <laughs> because he's he's the best of both of them. Um. I, he, was, he was only Dead Man Inc. for like a year, I think. Maybe I, a year. That's the thing. I loved Dead Man Inc. Undertaker because he was he was the best of all the things that made him great. Um, between the two, I gotta go American Badass. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think that's 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 my because I remember Undertaker before that, but like when I started forming like memories and like deciding who I liked and like having opinions. Like that's, that's, that was my undertaker. Right. And so, yeah, I liked his persona. I liked his move set. The motorcycle was cool. The brothers, the brothers of destruction were one of oh my, my favorite tag teams. Absolutely. Period. Like, yeah, like the, that was, that was my undertaker. That's what I started with. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily started with, but like, cause I remember the undertaker before that, but yeah. cause I remember the ministry and the like hood, yep. The song that he had, the cross and, and all that. Yeah, like I do remember all of that. But for me, um, yeah, Limp Biscuit. Oh my gosh! Fire, uh, especially yeah. when he Brothers Destruction when it hit you with the Kane intro and then it hit you with yeah, the, then, yeah, yeah. That was it was too much. Fire, and uh, he's the reason I started wearing bandanas for a minute. <laughs> Uh yeah, he made me want a jean vest. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I yeah, never I definitely got... want some denim for yeah, no reason at all yeah. of a sudden. 
I never got one, but like he he made me want a jean vest. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he uh, I definitely wore bandanas before I discovered do rags. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely am a. I just feel like it was just more natural for him. Like that's just that's who he was. Taker being Taker. Yeah, that's just Taker being like even now. If you see, if you watch a video of Taker doing an interview, he looks like the American Dad. He got his, his yeah. you know black stuff on. And, you know, he got his tats. You know, he got his bandana yeah, like I, talked about. Because, yeah, I liked uh, from Houston, Texas, as opposed to from Death Valley, California. Death Valley, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I preferred from Houston, Texas. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah that was – because, yeah, like, I think he was able to be himself. He was able to have fun. He was – that's when he was really innovative and just mm-hmm. making shit up, and then it worked. Like, yep. I, I remember the invention of the last ride. Yeah, bro. Like, like I was like the greatest power bones ever. I was like, that's that's for me. The last ride is number one, Jackknife's number two. Yeah, but yeah, like because the last ride, he's already tall, and then he lifts you up. Yeah, gives you a wedgie on the way down. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, what what are we doing? It's too much. Right. <laughs> so um, the goat. The goat. Um, okay, okay. Uh I was gonna ask this. This is catching you off guard here, but who is a we talked about before? Me and you have talked about how, like, on 2K, when you play NBA 2K, there's that player that, like, for some reason or another, you nice with him. You can't tell mine was Kirk Heinrich. I give you buckets with Kirk Heinrich, and I Captain would Kirk. lock your ass up with Kirk Heinrich. <laughs> don't matter if I'm going against any Kobe, it don't matter. I'm locking him up. Yeah. But, Everybody who played 2K has that person that's like, this person is like a 73. Why yeah. are you just yeah. Hitting buckets? What are we? What is yeah. happening? Yeah, like, like everybody has one. Mine, yeah. mine was Gerald Wallace. Gerald Wallace was nasty too. Yeah, like I was, yourself. I was giving people problems with Gerald Wallace, and for, why? Yeah, like this shouldn't be happening. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so close to that. Who is a wrestler you play with in a wrestling game? Who was mid, but like for some reason or another, you was nice with him. I think because I spent so much time making characters, I didn't often use wrestlers that weren't pretty high. Like gotcha. whenever I because I mostly play them with my cousin and mm-hmm. we would both create people and then just go to work with those people we created. Oftentimes we'd have like three or four people we created just because we could. Awesome. Uh, whenever I went to a different friend's house, uh, we would have matches and we were using wrestlers that actually existed. And this is like SmackDown versus Raw 0708. Time. Okay. Um, I mainly used the goat and Kurt Angle. Mm, gotcha. And so I don't have an answer for that because by the time I was playing wrestling games and not going out of my way to create somebody, mm. um, I was just using the pretty top tier people in the game. Gotcha. Because I was going against somebody who was also using like Triple H. Right, right. Yeah, or, you know, Shawn Michaels or whoever. That makes sense. Mine was usually, so I'm thinking more like 2010-ish, right? 
Okay. Um, and mine was usually CM Punk, and this is before like CM Punk became like a top top guy. This is like when he first got there, and he was messing with Jeff Hardy, and he had just won the world heavyweight title. He was going up against Taker and uh, and losing and stuff like that. Because I was going to say, he, I didn't. I thought that CM Punk got propelled pretty early because I remember CM Punk going up with John Cena, and I was like, he just got here. How is yeah. he already at that point? Because I was not a CM Punk fan, but that was like CM Punk was what oh nine ish. Yeah, yeah. 09, so that, yep. that that's when I was out, and I think gotcha. that's why I wasn't a CM Punk fan. Right. Yeah. When he got there, he got elevated because he was he had the um, straight edge. I think a straight edge society. I want to say it was, and he had two other people with him, and he was going because he was going at uh, Jeff Hardy for being an alcoholic and all, a bunch of other stuff. Um, it was CM Punk. Mr. Kennedy. Mr. Uh, yeah. Kennedy. <laughs> For some reason, I was nice. No, no, no. No, no, I loved Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, bro. Outstanding. Shelton Benjamin was another guy I was really good with. Trying to Shelton get down ben- I met Shelton Benjamin in person. Um, For real? Yeah. So it was, it was a wrestling event that was happening in Oklahoma City. And okay. I met Shelton because Shelton Benjamin doesn't look that big um, yeah. in on TV. And then right. when I saw the person, I was like, this man is huge. Why? Yeah. Why did I think that he wasn't? But then I saw Triple H and I was like, that's why. Yeah. Triple H is huge. Triple H is mad. Like Triple H is wide. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this is, I was a teenager. So we're talking 05. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like Triple H was. He, this is when he this is I know it was after he came back from the quad injury. Right, right. Um, but yeah, like if if I as an as a grown man got into the fetal position, that's the size of Triple H's thigh. <laughs> like it's stupid. Yeah, Triple H, especially at that time. Yeah, he had gotten bigger a little bit. Uh yeah. Triple so yeah, H like I, but yeah, when I when I saw Sean Benjamin in person, I was like, this is this is a huge man. Yeah. But he yes. doesn't look that big on TV. I know. And uh, but also I was smaller. So true. Like I was a true. teenager, so I wasn't like a grown man. So he looked even bigger. Yeah. But yeah, uh I I realized like, oh, that's why you don't look that big, because you're <laughs> in this ring with huge people. That's yeah. why point guards don't look very big on an NBA court, but they're actually yeah, bigger than the average man. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good point. Um, okay. So finally, we're going to finish up with top five off the top rope finishers of all time. Speaking of off the top rope, I have a okay. question for you. Okay. So I want you to tell me if this is true because I have okay. been out of the game, uh, at least in an official capacity for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I want to see if what I've noticed is a thing or not so you know how basketball used to be very much a half court uh you know close to the basket kind of game Mm -hmm. and it eventually sped up a lot and the three-point shot is like huge now to the point where back in the day like there were one or two people on your team that would shoot a couple threes a game. And they were known as like three point specialists, dead eye, like in the corner. Now, unless you are 
top 10 in the league in the paint. Yeah. You are useless if you can't shoot threes. Absolutely. Like that's what the league has kind of turned into. Right. Do you think that wrestling has made the same move as far as high flying? Because I, back in my day, I remember there were like some very specific people who did a lot of high flying and who did a lot of Mm -hmm. theatrics and tricks and jumping off of stuff. And most people were, you know, very in the ring, very grapply or punchy. And it seems like now, if you can't do anything from the top rope, why are you here? Unless you are one of the very specific, like, Gunta type people yeah, that right. like you your job is in the paint and you know that and you are top tier at that it right. seems like wrestling has moved more toward high flying like the nba has moved more toward three-point shooting is that true or not no that's a hell of an analogy a hell of a comparison uh that is absolutely true i think what happened was at least as far as wrestling concerned I think wrestling became more popular. I think back in the day, wrestling was for the the brawler, was for the... And then you had... That's why the Jeff Hardy stood out so much. That's why some of these guys who were doing stuff off the top rope stood out so much because most people were the, the Stone Colds, the Triple H's, the Rocks. They never got up on the top rope. Whereas now, we have way more athletes, natural athletes in the business now to where they naturally can can do a, a backflip off the top. They can do a somersault off the back. They can do, you know, a moonsault. They can do um, shit. Some, ricochet. If you ever look at Ricochet, can do a, a 630, a 450, can do literally anything. Um, we just have way more natural athletes. So I think that's what brought it. But then also I think wrestling became a little more choreographed um, as the years came on. So it was a lot more about, making the match look pretty rather than I don't want to say they don't tell a story anymore, but back in the day, it was strictly about telling the story. It was, it was grapple, you know, headlock for five, 10 minutes, get up, take them to the outside, beat them up, beat them up, throw them back in the ring, headlock again, you know, where now it's like choreographed, jump off the side rope, you know, different stuff like that. So I think just the wrestling fan is more educated. And so now they're like trying to up the ante, every match so they got to use the top rope to do that yeah like, um, i feel like i feel like we've moved to a point where precision is awarded yeah absolutely in absolutely. both the nba and in wrestling like yeah. because it's the more it's more impressive when you do stuff from long range absolutely yeah it's definitely and and i agree like i didn't back in the day i didn't notice like botches i didn't notice like mistimed moves and mistimed things i didn't notice it as much when i was younger but now since there's so much high flying with so much more risk involved in doing a move off the top rope you got to get the timing right the person has to be there at the right time blah 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 it's a lot more noticeable now so when they do it really on time perfect you're like oh snap like all right this is a five-star match you know what i'm saying so it's definitely weird because it like now that I watch old matches, I'm like eh, that match wasn't that match was solid, you know what I yeah. mean. But it's just like watching the old '90s game. You're like, ah, this is uh, this is rough. Like, a yeah. bunch of bunch of uh, freaking, I don't know, like like it, y'all it using just... all 24 seconds of the shot clock <laughs> exactly. every like, time. Yeah, like you got four people who haven't walked out of the paint yet. But okay, yeah. all right. And there's a yeah, like the um. 
and you know, like fast breaks, there's like there were like one a yeah. game back then. Yeah, back then, if you threw a oop, it was eh, sub, get your ass out of here. Yeah, what are you, you know doing? What I mean? Yeah, like what are you doing? Um, and that's kind of what it is now. Like, you're just doing like even if I look at like the top guy, like obviously Roman doesn't do off the top row, but even Gunther, Gunther is one of his main moves, one of his moves he'll break out every now and again. He'll jump off the top ropes and hit you with a just a classic, you know, Samoa drop, you know, uh, or dive or whatever. But most of the top guys now, Seth Rollins, for example, doing Seth Rollins is like the, kind of the Shawn Michaels of the day today. But there's a lot of kids who grew up looking at, at Shawn Michaels being like, oh, snap, this dude can do everything. I'm going to train to do everything. And there's way more guys like that, whereas back in the day, it was just like Shawn Michaels, you know, Chris Jericho, very few guys who could actually do everything. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt, you know. And that's so, the thing. There were a lot of dudes who could do more, but mm-hmm. it feels like they weren't allowed to. Because yeah. Goldberg, for example, um, because of how big he was, he had to be like he was labeled as like a bruiser yeah. when he could have done anything he wanted. Right. Just through pure athleticism. Right. And Goldberg. I remember the first time I saw Goldberg do like a back handspring, I was like, what the fuck? Just, yeah, I know. Your big ass in that paint, like that's <laughs> yeah. That's what my mind school. said. <laughs> Get your ass off the three point line. Get your ass in there. Yeah. So, but then whenever I, it was it was actually the goat who kind of opened my eyes because I'm like, this man is six ten and he is walking on the rope. The ropes, man, bro. Still to this day, I'm like, how the hell did he do that? Yeah. And so it was it was actually him who like opened my eyes to just because you're big doesn't mean that you are limited yes because if you can do it you can do it yeah i think i think if taker would have grew up would have came up in this era i think he would have stayed a little smaller because back then you know you had to be bigger and all this crazy like yeah based on the time period he exactly he uh i mean basically adapted to the situation he was in right Right, like if if he was today, he would have stayed smaller. He would have been way more agile. He would have showed off all the natural athletic ability that he already has. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was just time period. He had to go up against Kane, Big Show, all these other people. So he had to look bigger, obviously, mm-hmm. which made sense. But no, that's a good observation. It's definitely more coordinated, choreographed, and that lends more towards a high-flying style. Yeah, because I, I feel like... I see a lot more people jumping and do, doing a lot because back in the day, yeah, like it was Jeff Hardy, it was Rey Mysterio. Like that's yep. that's a, that's essentially who was doing the stuff. There were right. the occasional people, but as far as like people who are flying regularly, mm-hmm. like it, there were not very many people whose like job it was to fly. And right. now it feels like everyone everywhere is doing it. And I feel like it was the same in the NBA with the three-point shot. Like there were a couple people like, yes, you have the green light to shoot a three, stand over there and wait for me. Exactly. Uh, now, again, if you're not shooting threes, the fuck on the bench. Like, what are yeah, you doing? This dude's getting up 10 averaging 10 attempts a game now. So yeah, it's definitely yeah. there are centers shooting threes. Exactly. Yeah. And like and it's like that once upon a time, like you'd get cut from the team. Exactly. Yeah. If you were doing that. And I think the cool thing about wrestling right now is there's kind of a mixture. So you got the high flying style, but the British style is way more physical, way more old school, 
like not even really attitude, like more like 70s, 80s style. Like that's why I love Gunter so much is because his is more like 70s, 80s. Like, no, nah, you're going to stay on this ground and I'm going to beat the hell out of you. Like he and so is that's a why wrestler. Exactly. And he like that's what his stick is. So that's why I think people love him. So him, Seamus, Drew McIntyre, dudes like that who are big physical. Biggie said it best. Big, uh, big, meaty men slapping meat. That's what we love to see. <laughs> like, that's what we love to see. You know what I mean? Like, you can say what you want, but it's like, all right, people pay to see Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. People pray to see uh, Roman Reigns versus Brock. Like, we love the high fly stuff, but we want to see big men. You know what I mean? Slapping meat. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And speaking of Brock, the first time I, like, truly noticed a botch was Brock's yeah, attempt oh my at... God. Uh, yeah. That like was... A, I was that was the first time I remember being like, "Oh, that." Yeah, that was brutal. He could have died. Was, he, yeah, like that was. Thankfully, he had a strong neck. But yeah, because that was rough. That was rough. Because um, right, so, when that happened, I was like, "They're gonna have to call the match." Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. there's no way they finish this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got a concussion. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was. And he was uh, a little bit paralyzed. I'm sure. I'm sure. Thankfully, it was Brock, so he was all right. But, um, all right, top five. You want to go first here, or you want me? Uh, I can go first. I'm not a problem. With that. Okay. Uh, number, number five. Number five. This should come as no surprise, um, because you know Jeff Hardy is in my Mount Rushmore, personally. Mm, okay. Um, so the Swanton Bomb, of course. You know, I was. I thought the Swanton would be higher on your list, and so I'm very interested in where your list is going, sir. Okay. Uh, and I figured you would yeah. because um, the Swanton. It's um it's iconic more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, um, one thing I did notice is the higher Jeff Hardy was, the less Swanton it was. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. if if he was on the uh the top rope, it was fine. If he was any higher than that, it was kind of just a little roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or if there was a table involved, it was kind of just a little roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> when it's um, tight, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, you know, I love Jeff Hardy, and yeah, like when he hit it well and right, it was beautiful to watch. Beautiful, yeah. Um, and you know, Jeff Hardy, he's he's one of those people that like you know how there are like just a, there's there's always a list floating around the internet of like random white dudes that black people love. Yeah, oh, bro, he's at the top of the list. Jeff Hardy is one of those people. Like, I do not have a reason, nope. but generally speaking, black people love Jeff Hardy. Bro, he could go any hood in America, that man good. And he's that getting a certified. plate. Yeah, he's getting a plate. He's getting a plate. <laughs> With foil on that joint, ready. Yeah, like, I and I, I don't know why. I don't think it's because I'm black, but like... I love Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Bro, it's it's natural. You see it on the internet all the time. People talk about wrestling who just like the attitude there, and they talk about Jeff Hardy like that's their favorite. Like, it just makes sense. Dude didn't care. Dude lived by YOLO. Like, he did not care. Jeff Hardy put his life on the line every yes. time I saw him. I, I was very seriously concerned. I was like, is he going to die today? Yes. Bro, I'll never forget. Was it SummerSlam the first TLC? I want to say it was, I think that it sounds right. Yeah. But when he jumped off that, bro, when he jumped off that ladder, I was like, there's no way. And, and all them damn tables. I was like, no way. Yep. 
bro, just I was just like, you are crazy. Yeah, he's a crazy person. And he Jeff is. Hardy is somebody in wrestling games I would use. Oh, yeah. Like if Jeff he Hardy, was in the game, yeah, I'm using Jeff Hardy. Oh, absolutely. Just like, to hit the swan tunnel. I just want to hit it once. Yeah. And I will say Jeff Hardy, it wasn't until broken Matt Hardy that I could appreciate Matt Hardy existing. Yeah. Because yeah. like Jeff <laughs> Hardy. Just, yeah, like a lot of times it was like it was Jeff Hardy and his brother for me. Yeah, I got you. Because and Matt Hardy tried. He had Lita. And he was the older brother. Like he, he really tried to separate himself. And it's like you're just Jeff Hardy's brother. I I appreciated Matt when he started going up against MVP for the U.S. title. That whole run when he separated. I think they were on two different brands at that time. Yeah. And I I preached. That's when I started to have a full like appreciation for him because he he was kind of limited. He was knock kneed. He was kind of yeah. you know what I mean. And I guess he was it, stiff. Compared to Jeff Hardy? Yeah, because I didn't know if he was really stiff or if he just wasn't Jeff Hardy. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And so, yeah, like whenever I'd see Matt Hardy, or when Matt Hardy was tagged in, I'd be like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the the fast forward? Oh, God. That's hilarious. But it wasn't until Broken Matt Hardy that I was like, okay. Yeah, delete, delete, delete. Yeah. Brother Nero. Brother Nero. And he was outstanding on the mic, too. He was. And uh, it's like, I would have never known. Like, yeah. I had no idea Matt Hardy had talent until yeah. Broken Matt Hardy. <laughs> That's so, hilarious, bro. Yeah, because, again, hilarious. like, Matt Hardy was doing, like, leg drops and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, very when, basic. when you're on a team with Jeff, you got you to gotta come harder than that. <laughs> you got to up your game, fam. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, That's funny. Anyway. Swanton number Boston. five, number five. Jeff Swanton. Okay, okay. Um, number five for me, one of my favorites to ever do it. R.I.P. The Macho Man. The Macho elbow. Man. The Macho Man. Yeah, the classic elbow, bro. Classic. One of the first dudes yeah. to have a. One of the first dudes to have a finish off the top rope. It just, it just looked good. It looked pretty. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so many people have done it since, but yeah, there's no elbow like Macho Man's. Because the only the only two elbows that I saw that I liked were uh the Macho Man, yeah, and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Shawn Michaels was good too. Yeah, yeah but everyone else's elbow was lesser. Yeah, and like Macho Man would hit you with a I don't know what it was about his. It was like it was really good, and look, it hurt. Yeah, like he, um, he kind of hit you in the throat. Yeah, like he, he definitely kept it tight, but kept the elbow like, in tight. Because some people like they hit you like in the chest, but he he was yeah. he he was trying to yeah yeah you get around the neck area. I'm like, damn, yeah, that's that's dangerous. Yeah, bro. But uh, yeah, it just looked good. He'd stand up there for a sec, do his little thing, and do his little pose. Yeah, his little pose, and then hit you with it. Yeah, it was just like, and in in his promos, he talked about how he, he drop you with the elbow. It just look, it just sounded good. Anything Macho Man did was dope. You yeah, know Macho I mean? Man was too much. He's uh like cream of the one, crap. Oh, the cream of the crap. <laughs> oh God. I all of his promos were so good. Bro, I can't tell you how much time I've wasted at work at other places. When I see a video of Macho Man and bro oh, the, the whole thing. Bro, I watched the whole thing. It'd be so hilarious because it'll be like me and Gene talking and Macho Man's just walking in front of the screen, just walking yeah. all fidgety and shit. I'm just like, what are you doing? And he's just like walking. He ain't even looking at me, Gene. Ain't even looking at the camera. He's just walking around. <laughs> and yeah, then I mean, me and Gene's like, Gene like, may not ask a question. And yeah, like, I'm like, yeah. 
he just and he he was talking crazy to Mean Gene. He was. He really Because I remember one. Uh, I think Mean Gene may have asked his lady a question, and oh yeah, the Macho Man was pretty much like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, like, <laughs> like I'm the you're standing here with the intercontinental champion, yeah. and you're talking to this. You're what are you doing, Mean Gene? Yeah, yeah. bro. Sitting right Ew. here with the intercontinental world champion. Yeah, like <laughs> he just bro. asked her a question. Yeah, bro, Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, bro. Like it just always cracked me up how like B. Jeans would be doing his little introduction and Macho Man's in the background just walking around, just <laughs> walking in front of the camera, walking in front of Mean Gene. I'm like, this guy's wild, bro. But his wild. promos was top tier. They were so good. Yeah, the cream of the but, crop is one of the best things I've ever seen. Bro, when he was walking around, I was like, what the hell does he have that in, like a cream thing in his hand for? He was doing magic tricks. He was doing sleight of hand <laughs> with these creams. They were coming from nowhere. Uh, it was so good. So good, bro. So good. If you have not you seen the cream of the yes. crop, please YouTube it. Please YouTube it, bro. Yeah, that is a good so ass time. funny. A good ass time, but yeah, number five for me, the much you need. Uh, elbow drop, excellent. Um, for me, number four, I'm sure there are a thousand people who have used this move, but Kurt Angle's moonsault was oh. perfect every oh, beauty. single time, and he didn't do it super often, he did it just often enough for me to want it more, yeah. But Kurt yeah. Angle's moonsaults were flawless. It, w- it was it was like he paused in the air. It was like, oh, pause and then down. It was just beautiful. Yeah, like they were they were so good. And again, I'm sure there are several people who have used moonsaults throughout the years, oh, yeah. but Kurt Angle's for me was easily number one. Yeah. Because I, they I were they were pretty. They were perfect every single time. And that's the thing. Like, that was all him. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't have to rely. Like, the other person was irrelevant with Kurt Angle yep. Moonsaults. Absolutely. Like, they had nothing to do with how good that was. And so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. The, the Kurt Angle Moonsault was just so pretty. That's a good point. Uh, outstanding. It was beautiful. I will shout out um, a current women's wrestler named Tiffany Stratton. She's on NXT right now. Her finisher is the moonsault, and it reminds me of Kurt Angle's uh, moonsault. So okay. y'all look her up, Tiffany Stratton. She's amazing. She's going to be on W like main roster pretty soon. Like she's a superstar, but her she's in like an athlete too. I think she she did something in college as far as athletics. But her moonsault is very much like Kurt's. Like it's up. It's a full moonsault. It ain't just flat. You know what I'm saying? It ain't just a flip. It's like a full thing. But yeah, Curse was beautiful, bro. Again, it just seemed like he paused in the air when he did it. Uh, and that's another guy we talked about, like just a natural athletic ability. Like, and he didn't, like you said, he didn't break it out all the time. He did mm-hmm. it randomly. Yeah, he, he did it just enough. Matches. He did it just yeah. enough for me to be like, Kurt, add it to the rotation. <laughs> yeah, I need that. I need that right before the, the uh, was it Olympic Slam? Yeah. Yeah. Angle yeah. Slam, Olympic Slam. Angle dude. Slam, Angle Slam. Yeah. I need that right before that. Uh, that thing is beautiful. Um, okay, number four. I'm going more recent. My boy Finn Balor with the coup de gras. The coup de gras okay. is basically where you're you're laying down, and Finn get up there, 
And he basically just steps on your chest. He basically just full, like gets in the like fetal position in the air and then comes down and steps on your chest. You an A-town stomp? Exactly. Okay. Like both feet. Uh, that joint hurt. That joint looks like, because you get up there. Like, he don't just like, he don't, he fully gets up there, gets some, gets some vertical on it. And it looks pretty good, man. And it's different. Obviously, ain't a ton of people doing that. Um, he's been doing that since he was in New Japan, like a decade ago. Now, based on that move, he's got to be a smaller guy. He he is. I want to say he's like, let me look up his size real quick. But yeah, he's, he's a smaller guy, um, but he's like jacked. I, I would um, imagine like if I, I would imagine he's very cut. Oh, yeah. Probably the most cut guy in the, in the business. He's 5'11", 190. So smaller guy, but like literally no, no body fat. Um, the dude is cut. Uh, honestly, one of the greatest wrestlers out there, like beloved for like a decade. He actually created the Bullet Club, which is like synonymous, kind of the NWO of its day. Uh, but yeah, the coup de gras, amazing move. Great name. It's just it is a great name. Yeah, is he French? A, uh no, he's from Ireland. I'm pretty sure. Hold on, let me make sure that I want to, yeah, he's Irish. He's okay. from Ireland. Uh, but yeah, just I want to say coup de gras, don't know where yeah, it is. That is French. I thought he was like from New Orleans at first when I first heard it, but yeah. Well, out yeah, Creole. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So like really good move. Uh he's 41 years old, which does not look like it at all. But amazing move. Love the coup de gras. Um, hits it, always looks good, always feels like a big because some some moves dudes hit, it don't feel like a big moment. It don't feel like it's a big move. It feels like some people hit moves and it's like, uh, okay, I guess. But coup de gras always feels like a big deal. So uh Finn Balor, the coup de gras, number four. Okay, okay, all right. Number three for me is a bit of a wild card. Mm. Um, we'll see if it is. Uh, we'll see if this guy's allowed to play. Uh, coast to coast, Shane O'Mac. Oh, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So I always, even before he changed his theme song to the money theme song, I always thought, Shane, you don't have to do this. Yeah, no. Like yeah. Shane, you're good. Yeah, you yeah. don't. You, you've got the money. You've got yeah. the inherited. Like you don't need to be here. Right. But Shane was also just in a jersey, putting his life on the line. With some Jordans. And yeah, ready to go. Yeah, and some like Adidas sweats. Yeah. <laughs> just he definitely, I miss that. He definitely would do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, like he would. So the coast to coast was he would uh, jump from the top rope of one side clear to the other side of the ring yep. with a trash can in front of somebody's face. And the jump was to kick the trash can into someone's face. Yep. The move was impressive because clearing that distance. Yes. Is uh, is hard work. Like you've Absolutely. got to like you have to put everything you have into that. I've seen wrestlers miss. Consistent. I've seen a lot of wrestlers try it, and they can make it look like it did something, but it, clearly they didn't get far enough. And Shane, all for the most, especially when he was like his peak Shane athleticism. Yeah, he definitely got there. Yeah, like he would jump all the, and you have to jump feet forward. 
Yes, absolutely. And so that makes it even harder because since you're jumping from your feet, your feet naturally are behind you. Right, right. But so he would jump up in the air and while he was in the air, turn his body so that his feet were in front of him and his head was behind him. Right. And so that made it more impressive. Uh, The fact that he would make contact 90% of the time. Absolutely. And again, he didn't have to be here. Like, Shane, you could go home. Yeah. You could be the accountant for the company. Like <laughs> you could you could just be behind the scenes. Yep. You don't have to be here. Right. But uh yeah, no, nah, he would uh and, and the fact that he was making that jump, that means like most of the he'd have to land on his tailbone. Yeah, that's true. He's taking a bump either way. Like Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good point. And it's yeah. kind of hard to like, you know, like you're trying to ease up, you're not trying to get hurt nobody, but it's hard jumping that far. And then, like, easing up, like, you got to just kick. Like, you got to just land where you land, you know? Yeah, because you kick that trash can hard, it is what it is. Because you have to have enough momentum to get there. Exactly. So you can't stop that momentum. But then you got to pull it back when you make contact. Exactly. That's hard to do. So it's like, I'd rather just look good. So uh, I'm smacking that thing off somebody's forehead. Yeah, it's just going to have to be what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Like it is what it is, but that's a good point. That's a good pick, though. Uh, yeah, and so it's I'm, synonymous. I don't, it's not. It's synonymous with shaming man. Everybody knows coast to coast. When you say coast yeah. to coast in the wrestling world, everybody knows what you're talking about. Um, and yeah. that's a great name. No, it really is. Coast to coast, yeah, outstanding. Um, one of the first time I had seen it, I seen RVD do it back in the day at ECW, but his was like with a chair, and it was a little different. Yeah. But yeah, Shane McMahon, like, I'm not expecting him to be able to do that. That's, I think that's a part of what, like, made it better was the fact that, like, you don't, I don't expect you because also, like, you never knew how athletic he was because he was wearing a big ass baseball jersey. Exactly. Yeah. He just looked like a dumbass walking out there. Yeah. Like, it's like, you're the boss's son. Like, get some gear. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. And so, yeah, like, I didn't, he, I couldn't look at him and be like, yep, that's an athlete. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I really didn't know. Cause like I said, I only saw him in uh, baggy clothes or suits. Yeah. No. Cause I remember Vince would come out there in his little tank top. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. Swole with slacks. Yeah. Like, what up? <laughs> yeah. Like that was so funny. Yeah. Like he was in, yeah, a tank top with slacks and a belt. Yeah. And loafers. And loafers. Wrestling. Like what it is. Let's go. <laughs> oh god it, with a chain around his neck and not yeah. like not the chain you're thinking of no an no, actual like, yeah like them workout chains yeah yeah like a chain that's that is hilarious. used for hauling and pulling stuff exactly that's yeah. hilarious bro um okay so my number three is the swan song bomb by jeff hardy um i will say if someone wants to look it up I believe, this may be a hot take, I believe Kevin Owens, who's a current wrestler right now, I believe he hits the Swanton Bomb better than uh, Jeff Hardy. He's I didn't just, know anyone else was using it. Yeah, Kevin Owens is the only guy I know that uses it. Everybody else does and some, as far As far as I different. know, like the name Kevin Owens is a name I've heard where he's got enough clout to be able to do that. 
Yeah, I mean, he he literally the stunner is his finisher, so he got the clout to be able to get the yes from Stone Cold to give to use the move. So yeah, he's and that's another example of big guy who can do does uses the frog splash, does the front flip, uh, does the swanton bomb, does a bunch of athletic stuff that you would not expect him to be able to do. But yeah, his swanton bomb is perfect, precision every time. It don't matter, and it's always off the top rope. He never really does it like any other vari- variation of it, but it's always good. God damn, Kevin Owens is huge. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's a big dude, but he hits it perfectly. Um, like, that's so, not what I expected him to look like. That's what I'm saying. Like, and Kevin Owens, just a sidebar, Kevin Owens has the greatest move set of any wrestler to me. He it just he just does it. He, he, every move he hits looks dope. Like, um, every move he does... It doesn't feel like a normal. He doesn't ever do like a normal suplex or a normal. He like does a suplex, but then he'll turn you and and do a driver. Or he'll do something different. You know what I mean? He uses the frog splash. His frog splash looks really good. Swanton bomb looks really good. One of his finishers is the pop up power bomb. So throw you against the ropes, and will throw you in the air, and then hit you with a power bomb. Looks really good. Um, so yeah, and then he's his stunner looks really good too. So. Kevin Owens is one of my favorite wrestlers out there, but he's Swanton Bomb, top tier. But he got it. He was obviously inspired by Jeff Hardy. So got to give Jeff Hardy's credit. He's a legend. Is it? So, yeah. So when Kevin Owens does it, is it called the Swanton Bomb or does it have a different name? It's funny because I don't think Michael Cole says Swanton Bomb, I don't think. No, or does he? I actually think he does, actually. I think he said calls it Swanton Bomb. Yeah. Just to pay homage to Jeff, I think. But he can't say Jeff Hardy because Jeff Hardy's in AEW right now. So he can't, you know what I mean? Uh, so it's kind of, he can't just like directly source it, but we all know what it's from. So, um, but yeah, that's my number three, Jeff Hardy. Uh, I support it. You know, I love Jeff Hardy and I love the Absolutely. Swanton bomb. Um, Absolutely. But again, for me, he got docked points just because the execution isn't always there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree uh, with that. But when it hits, it hits. Yeah, I agree. So number two for me, the five-star frog splash from Rob Van Dam. Damn. Yes, sir. Are, I've seen a bunch of people do the frog splash just like in my random like time in wrestling. Um because yeah. back in my day, there were two people doing it. There was Eddie, there was RVD. And mm-hmm. now there are people kind of just doing it all over the place, it feels like. Yes, sir. Yep. But RVD to this day has the best one I've seen. Absolutely. Like, it is like I mean, if you look at RVD's like bottom half, you can tell he got hops. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like RVD was RVD may have been my favorite wrestler just to watch because it like he was doing shit. I was like, that's not what you're supposed to do in this yes. line of work. Absolutely. Like yeah, he was he was excellent. And yeah, like he had hops. Hops. Like he most people climbed the top rope. He just hopped up there. He was Bro, the, that was a full Yeah, he was the only person I saw just take one jump. He's up at the top now. Bro, from the front. It wasn't even like I'm gonna get out of the ring, jump to the no, from the front, I'm gonna jump up here, turn around, and then hit the frog splash. It was beautiful. Yeah. And it was seamless. Like it was yes. like yeah, like hop, turn, up in the air. Yes. Like it was yeah, oh bro. and and he got so high he I think from the top rope he is the person I've seen get the highest 
Yeah. There may be somebody today who might be able to get higher. Mont- Montez Ford is up there. I don't think it's as good, but Montez Ford is up there. But I don't think it's as good. Yeah, RVD, he had time to spread all the way out, like yes. open open his body, go back into the fetal position, and then open again. Yes. And when he hit it, you know both men were hurt. Yes. Every time. <laughs> Bro, and he sold it so well. That was key. That was key. Yeah. Like to you, where it looked like know, it actually hurt. Yeah, like it. Oh, it was so good, and yeah. it was impressive, and it it was the best frog splash that I had seen. Because again, I remember Eddie doing it, and mm-hmm. it was great when Eddie did it. But I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Eddie, you got outdone. Yeah, Eddie's was a little time. more robotic, a little yeah. more. Yeah, Eddie's. Yeah, Eddie's was. Uh, yeah, it was more robotic, more like tight. Yeah, a little more stiff. The yeah, RVDs was fluid, yes. and it was, uh, it was, it was just so good. And again, it was, it was the most impressive frog splash I had seen, because Absolutely. there was a uh, like, I would challenge anyone to try to do a five star frog splash. Yeah, that is, bro. I did it on a trampoline. It's not easy. It's no, it is not. not. Easy. Like yeah, usually, like, you you have to get high enough. To right. do it, yeah. and if you if your trampoline don't go deep enough for you to get the bounce, <laughs> exactly. you need, like you're doing yeah. an Guerrero. Yeah, you might need a homie to like bounce you to get you a little higher. Yeah, yeah, you may you may have to get double bounce to effectively actually get it done, or right. you have to jump off of something. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, like it. Oh, it's so good. Which we don't advise you to do, folks. Yeah. Just, just, do not do not recommend. Yeah, do not just go outside and jump off some shit. <laughs> but uh now but if no. you're one of those people who's like, oh, wrestling is fake, then go oh, yeah. ahead and see how yeah, that go, goes. Go try that and report yeah. back. Yeah, let us know how that Jordan for you. <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> I won't go name names, but you know. Yeah, Jordan, go ahead and try frog splash and report back on our next episode. Let the folks know how that went for you. Yeah. But uh no, great pick. Right. I may or may not have that. It's still on my list. So I will talk about that in detail later if it's on my list. If it's um, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, number two for me is Ricochet, uh, who's probably one of the greatest acrobats of this day. I, I am aware of Ricochet. Okay, yeah. A lot of people are, even if you're not a super wrestling fan, like even more of a casual. You've heard of Ricochet because he has so many highlights on the internet. But Ricochet's 630 splash is beautiful, bro. Like, he basically does a front flip. See, and I, I've i seen, I thought that 450 was as far as you could go. Yes. I thought Same. 450 was the top, the highest. You can't do more than that. Right. Ricochet and was like, no, nah, I got something for you. Ricochet should probably be an Olympic diver. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Bro, he should be doing something else with this athleticism, to be <laughs> honest. But he decided to do use pro wrestling, which we appreciate. But, yeah, he just basically like, hits another. You, uh, yeah, he hits, he turns a full another full time. Another full time. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Like, he, that shouldn't be a thing. It shouldn't. 630. We didn't think 630 was a thing until Ricochet did it. Yeah, because you have 450 and it's it's degrees. For anybody exactly. who yeah, um, exactly. doesn't know. So it's how many degrees you are turning. Exactly. So he's turning 180 more degrees <laughs> exactly. than the 450. Yeah. And for Absolutely. the record, a 360 is one circle. Yeah. So that means that a 450 is a circle and change. 
Yes. Six thirty. Yeah, like, it's it's stupid. Yeah, it really makes no sense to be honest. Like when you watch him do it live, you're like, what? How the hell? It's just a. It's beautiful because it's tight, and so it's yeah, just like it, a ball. it has to be tight. Yeah, it's just like, like a ball, and then it hits somebody. It hits him smooth. Like mm-hmm. it's really good. Like he's. It's not like he's doing it in lands random places. Like it's the same spot every time. And again, I thought that 450 was as far as you could go because, right. again, a 450, if you're standing straight up and you spin in a circle, that's 360, that 90 degrees is you being flat. Right. Exactly. So, again, a 630 yep. means that you landed on your back. Your back. Exactly. Yeah. So, that's 180 more degrees. That is 90 degrees from two full rotations in the air. Yep. That's yep. stupid. Stupid. Folks, I would really suggest you to just YouTube Ricochet 630 and you'll see it. It's beautiful. Truly beautiful. Um, and for, again, the first guy I'd ever seen hit that. Um, and it was just like, what? Again, How did I didn't, stay I didn't know it was possible. I did not. Like, it wasn't on the table. Like, right. 450 was like, all right, we have found the the end marker for this. Yes. Unless you get on a ladder. There's no way right. to do it if you're just on the top rope. But right. Ricochet was like, no, I got something for you. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really wild that it's, it's possible. But yeah, Ricochet 630, that's my number. Number two. And that another thing that makes it impressive is you have to do that and jump forward. Like you, because if you jump straight up, it, oh, yeah. he'd, he'd fuck himself up. So he has to yeah, jump exactly. forward and do the turning. Exactly. Like, yeah, and then land in a particular spot to where you're not like literally just killing the person under you. Yeah. Or yourself for that matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, facts. So speaking of Ricochet, um, my number one goes it it it's way back for me. Right. Um, it's got a special place in my heart. Billy Kidman shooting Star Press. Oh, look at you pulling out a gym. So, Billy Kidman was the first person I ever saw do this. And I'm sure there are a bunch of people doing it now, just based on how wrestling has evolved. I've seen Ricochet do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, But Billy Kidman shooting Star Press, it it was beautiful because it was, he was never, like, when he would jump, he would lean to the side a little bit. Yeah. And it made it prettier. Yeah, it did. Like, I don't know, like, that may not make sense, but like... No, it definitely makes sense. Like, his execution of it was, like, just really nice to look at. Right. And, because Billy Kidman, I'm pretty sure, was a smaller dude. He had to be. Yeah, he was, he was a bigger cruiserweight, but he was small compared to normal folks. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he was in the cruiserweight division, but he was... Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was bigger than Rey Mysterio, of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was probably smaller than Eddie Guerrero. Absolutely. Yep. That's what I was gonna say. Yep. So yeah. Um, but yeah, that shooting star press, it was it was beautiful. And that's the thing. I was like, how are you doing a front flip and a back flip at the same time? <laughs> I know. What the fuck is this? It's one <laughs> it's one trick I could never do. Like, you know how everybody yeah. Like got a trampoline and you start yeah. just doing shit. And yeah, like when I go to the trampoline park, they'd have the foam pit or like a little airbag, and I would try yeah. to do it there and I could not do it. Nope. Um, I had a friend with a pool and you know, off the diving board. I I could, I no, 
it was not no. in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I would never even try. Because like, I was like, I will break my neck. I will yeah. snap my shit and I cannot. <laughs> and we're talking again, even in, in, a, in a diving board in water. I was like, no, I will kill myself. I cannot. <laughs> I can't do it. And then seeing Brock Lesnar fail, just yeah. all right, never trying it. Never like, trying it. I'm, Especially, I'm yeah, in. absolutely. Yeah, like Billy Kidman. WCW days, I love Billy Kidman. And like, and that's a great detail. He kind of turned to the side. It, it kind of was like almost watching like a skater hit a move and like kind of turn to the side a little bit. It was just beautiful uh, to hit. And yeah, it was just different. Like it, you weren't seeing many people hit that move at the time. And it was just anytime he got to the top row, everybody was like, getting, people like stood up because you knew yeah. what was coming. And that's um, the thing, like you... It was it was even more impressive because that seems like something you would need a lot of momentum to do and right. to just be standing straight up and do it. You're Again, right. you're jumping forward and doing a backflip. Backflip, exactly. And there are probably people who are like, that's nothing. I can do that on a trip. Whatever. Billy Kidman's nah. execution of it was just so good. And the yeah. fact that he was leaning to the side in the air and still managed to land it correctly on people. Right. Like, because if you go straight up, you know, you you're good. But mm-hmm. the fact that he was almost at a 45 in midair. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, it was just it was so good. So good, man. Billy and, Kidman. Shout out to that. That's a good one. I, I'm going to have to watch Billy Kidman highlights now. I forgot about Billy Kidman. Yeah, because that one that's been my favorite since I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. Oh. It's crazy. Like he's underrated as far as cruiserweights of all time. Like he held the, he was defeating like Juventud Guerrero, uh, Rey Mysterio, like Eddie, like a bunch of top Chris Jericho, a lot of top tier Hall of Fame level cruiserweights. He was beating them and and mm-hmm. like holding on to the cruiserweight title. So yeah, dude was top tier, man, top tier. Um, my number one, and you mentioned him already, Rob Van Dam. Honestly, I ain't gonna spoil for entrances, but when I do top five entrances, I can guarantee you RVD is gonna be on there. One of a kind? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, come on, bro. <laughs> like, like, bro. Ooh, yes. Yeah, bro. And I do, did a look in your face. Yeah, bro. Come on, man. Like Rob Van Dam, bro. So that- and Rob Van Dam, his onesies were fire. Bro, every fucking time, bro. Every time. Every time. I remember when he wore a red, I think it was red and purple, and it had like a raptor on it. I was like, what the fuck? And then he had the one with the yin yang sign on it. And oh, like, all the yin, all the yin yangs. Uh, yeah. All his all of them were fire. All of them were fire. I was like, how are you? How you got this much swag, bro? Yeah, I was like, well, who's your guy? <laughs> who's your person? Like, and he was the first person that I think because you know how everybody does like, um, they'll have like long hair at the top and shaved on the sides. Yeah, like, that's a thing yeah. Now he was the yeah. first person I ever saw do that. Same, same. My boy had a tight taper cut. Who was his barber? Yeah, like they had, had, uh, had Jerome yeah, whoever, in the back. Yeah, whoever his team was. They yeah. were. He had the best team because yes. yeah, like he was. Oh, he was too much. And I mean, of course, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like oh RVD. Bro. He was. Oh, he's too much. I Bro. love Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam is my favorite little guy ever, probably. And he's I not even him. little. Like Rob he's Van Dam. 
he was almost built like Rhino. Like yeah, he, he was. was he was stout as fuck. He was. And that's was. why like, like you said, had, again, triceps. He, yeah, he crazy. was bottom heavy. Like, yeah. And and that's the thing. He still was strong up top, but like I remember thinking, like, he's I, I don't know, like it was weird. Yeah, that he yeah, was so he, bottom heavy just because that was not normal in wrestling. Like most of them right. were top heavy. Like that's what right. you were in wrestling. Like you were mostly like shoulders and like neck and arms. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, RVD, he was like bottom heavy. And that was yeah. weird because that wasn't normal. But I was like, I can see it. Like yeah. and how bro. well he utilizes that. RVD, bro. I he to me, he has probably the, one of the greatest movesets ever. Oh, like, yeah. I think when I would build uh like my second character in the game, yeah. it Rob Van Dam was the like base. Like they yeah, were based absolutely. on RVD 100 percent Bro, he used to throw people the chair and then kick them. Yes. Made, like spin kick. Beautiful. You know, and uh yeah, like he and he had another move where like he would uh or maybe that was Sean Benjamin. He had a move where like he would try to kick you. He'd miss because they duck, and then he'd come back immediately. Oh yeah, yeah on that yeah. same foot. Yeah, bro. And, and then like, he'd jump off the side rope, he'd kick you, like so many. And then like on the outside, he did all kind of crazy shit. Like he'd put you on the barricade, get a little chair, kick you again, bro. But yeah, the greatest off the top rope move to me is the frog splash, RVD's frog splash. It was the execution in the air, and then mainly. So many, like you said, so many people do the frog splash, but they don't do it with like a ballerina esque fluidity. That's like, you're like, how the hell is this? Rob Van Dam was the first person I was like, oh, that's an athlete. That's like an yeah. athlete, athlete. Like that ain't just a wrestling athlete. That's a dude who can probably do anything. He can dunk. He can <laughs> do all yeah. kind of stuff. He probably and runs then, track. Yeah, like he's probably nice in high school at all sports. Like, yeah. And just the way he hit the frog splash, bro. Like you said, he jumped all he jumped from the front to the top rope. Then he hit it super high. And then the way he would hit it, he'd have so much momentum. He'd hit it and damn near do a front flip again after hitting it. Yeah, like he would he, hit the mat and then yeah, bounce yes. into onto his back from his Yeah, stomach. and then he'd like be like holding his ribs like like it just looked like oh damn, this dude jumped from the moon basically and yeah. landed and it hurt so hard. Uh, so yeah, and then he hit the cover, bro. It was just beautiful, bro. I'm glad my man finally got. He didn't get treated the way he should have been in W in WWE, because uh, Vince didn't I, like him. I thought that because he had Paul Heyman, he was on his way to the top. I did too. I did Paul too. Heyman. Paul Heyman often has the top guy, no, and he does. so I was I I was like, okay, good. They're they're yeah. he's on the escalator. To yeah. the top, and I yeah. get. I thought, oh, he's an ECW guy. That's why he never made it because exactly. Vince didn't he's, pick him. Yeah, Vince didn't like that he's an ECW guy. And he didn't like he smoked weed, and those were the two things that brought him down. Because I remember at one night stand, they did a, a ECW basically pay per view again, and a John Cena was a champ, and Rob Van Dam was an ECW champ, and Rob Van Dam beat John Cena to become double champ. And outstanding moment. You can look it up on YouTube. Outstanding moment. It was kind of like old school ECW again. And from that point on, he should have had the title for a while. People were like clamoring for him to win the title and hold the title for a while. But Vince being old school, Vince um, definitely held that against him. But yeah, 
Rob Van Dam, one of the greatest talents to ever wrestle, honestly. Yeah, I love RVD. He is in, like, for a lot of categories, he will probably be in my top five. If he did it, he's probably in my top five for most Same. categories. Same. Like, using a cheer in a creative way, top five. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, like he's, dude was, he's, he's number two for chairs. Yeah. Like, like for me, the concerto is number one. Concerto is fire. Yeah, he's number two. Like, yeah. here you go. Bow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um, yeah, Rob is just the, everything about it. the presentation was on point, bro. Like, everything about like, it. Yeah, bro, I used to literally sit for hours on a, I think it was 2K, whatever wrestling game was at the time. And RVD wouldn't be on the game, but you could download him. So I would download him and then I would try to find the, try to create my own like wrestling gear for him to make sure it, it was, you know, appropriate for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, dude was just fire, bro. Swag. It, it was so good. Like again, so good. And, and that's the thing, like his regular onesies were good because his, yes. like, his raw and SmackDown onesies, like they were just kind yeah. of black with some yellow on them. And yeah. Th- those were good. But his pay-per-view onesies. Pay-per-view. He came really fire. Yeah, he pulled out the suitcase. So good. Yeah, bro. Because I remember that red one. I remember the red one. I remember he had a yellow. He had a purple. I want to say he had had a a white one. one. Yeah, he had a green one. I want to say he had a white one. Bro just switched it up. He upped the game every time. He reminds me of Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins ups the game every time he comes out. And, bro, it was just shout out to RVD, man. Classic. Hall of Famer. Uh, I think yeah. he won the Hall of Fame either this year or he's eligible next year. One of the two. I can't remember, but he needs to be in. He need to be in there because, oh, yeah. God, he again, he I think for like entertaining wrestlers in the ring, like who do I want to watch in a match? He might be number one. Yeah. Like Robin Dam is up there, bro. People you I haven't met one person who's like, I don't really mess with Robin Dam like that. Like the only the, people from, who don't don't know him. Exactly. That's true. That's true. Because like. It's hard. It's rare you see a wrestler who, when his music hits, he's entertaining till the bell rings at the end of the match. Like, and not without, many wrestlers like that. Without needing a mouthpiece. Like, or exactly. Without, like, without like, having all the... Because he could get on the mic. He wasn't spectacular. Right. That's one area where he would not... Yeah, that's true. That's, that's very true. I mean, but he had Paul Heyman for a reason. Right. But he didn't need it. He didn't need, bro. His name alone was one of the greatest yeah. wrestling names of and all time. The whole like thumbs thing, yeah. Like he, oh, like he, he did enough. He did enough. That's all he had to say. Yeah, Rob Van Dam. That's all we needed. Yeah. Oh, so good. I love RVD. Love RVD. This is a, a RVD appreciation podcast, low key. Um, yeah. But all right, cool. That was a good time. That was a good time. Uh, Spencer, I appreciate you hopping on with me and discussing all things wrestling. Again, um, uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. If at any point you need a guest, uh, I am available. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're an OG. You know, I, I love a top five, you know. Yeah, well, yeah you already know. Me and you, you know we love a top five. And uh, we'll definitely have Spencer back again. And uh, be on the lookout for other guests throughout, you know. Once I let people know how to wrestling podcast, they were like, oh, yeah, I'd love to be on, you know, different people I, I know who I've experienced wrestling with in the past. So definitely be on the lookout for that. And, uh, yeah, it was a good time. I appreciate you for listening. And uh, please come back next time. <laughs>